I'm sure you all know we're just out of a week of um, community outreach basically called iHeart. There was kids clubs and face painting and face painting and face painting, uh, barbecues and everything like that. It was incredible. And thank you so much for everybody who was involved in that. But So we'll have testimonies from that, but just outside that as well, we don't want to limit it to that because we never want to limit God to anything. So he's outside everything that um, we can try to put him into. So even just reflect this morning, think about who he is, what he's doing in your life at the, mo at the moment, even if it's just a Bible verse or something like that, you can come up and share that after worship. And this morning... Um, I just wanted to start off by reflecting on God's goodness. And for me, um, I have a little story from this week that's slightly outside I heart as well. And if I go back like a week, so like last Saturday, I was crying with my mum because I was like... Uh, <laughs> being slightly traumatic shock <laughs> like oh you know things aren't going anywhere like my life isn't going anywhere like I just don't know what I just don't know what to do and it all is so sad and then literally four or five days later I get offered a job um that will really help catapult my career which I'm really under experienced for and they hired me mostly because of my character and my passion which is what God gave me which is humbling <laughs> And I went from that place of being sad, being slightly desperate, to a place where I was completely covered in his goodness. Completely covered in his goodness. And Psalm 23, 6 says, Surely his goodness and mercy will follow me every day of my life. And do you know that his goodness actually chases after you? It doesn't just casually like oh yeah I'll, I'll give them a little gift now I'll do a little thing now for them he actively chases after you his goodness is always pursuing you always and in that moment where I was like oh my life is nothing <laughs> he had already set me up for success three days later and I didn't even know it Psalm 27 13 says I would have lost hope if I did not believe that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living so I want you just to even close your eyes now. Just close your eyes for me. And I want you just to reflect on a time where you've felt his goodness. That can be this week, this month, this year, your whole life. If you can't think of anything, ask him to show you something where his goodness was right there. Because his goodness is chasing after you all the time. He has got you. He has covered you in his goodness. And this morning as we enter into worship, I just want you to think about those things. Think about his goodness. Let him overwhelm you with how much he loves you, how much he's for you, and how much his goodness is chasing after you this morning. And if you want to stand, let's just praise him from that place.
I just want to read something really quickly. A lot of you, and I want to stay in, in that place. I feel like we can go back into that. But this past week, a lot of you know, maybe maybe have heard or maybe agree or disagree with this guy. But Bill Johnson last week, um, a very prominent uh, leader in Bethel Church and senior leader, but he is a great friend of our house. And uh, he lost his wife to, to cancer last week. But I love and listen. If you haven't listened to the sermon he preached a number of days after, I'd encourage you to do that. But one of the, the quotes that came out of his sermon was this. It says, Unless I first bow before him as Lord, I will struggle to walk with him as a friend when he leads me into the valley of the shadow of death. And we're singing a song that through loss and through victory. And a lot of us are here today in different circumstances, different seasons of our life. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I want us to go back into that. And I really feel like the Lord wants us to go into a bowing before him as friend. We have to bow before our Lord and our friend this morning. And I feel like there's a place of worship that you get to go to this morning. So wherever you're at, whether your life's great or whether your life's hard, I feel like you got to sing this song as a declaration, as an act of worship, as we bow before our Lord in whatever season we're in, and also our friend.
Yeah, Father, we thank you that you are the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You are the leader of every single person in this community who holds any form of power or of leadership. God, that you, you lead those who maybe they don't even follow you. But God, you are over every politician, over, over every person in a place of, of leadership or authority, God, and you are the one who's above it all. Where we may exalt our community leaders, God, you're the one that leads our community. You're the one who's in control of everything that's happening in our community. Where we might see destruction and death, God, in the midst of that, you see a resurrection. In our communities, when we say it's the end, you say, but it's just the beginning. And God, we hear that over our lives, but it's just the beginning of new life. Some things have to die for a resurrection to come. So Lord, we thank you that in everything and all things you're in it because everything is from you, in you and moving to you. So Father, we thank you that we have hope. You are our hope. And God, for our community in this in this building, but also in Downpatrick and surrounding areas, you are the hope and the light of the world. And you reign above it all, but you also reign in it all. Nothing's wasted, nothing's lost. Because you have, re, through the cross, recapitulated, recaptured, and regathered everything. No matter how bad death or destructed, you have gathered it all. This past week, we will leave our, um, our announcements, so um, give it up for these guys, just to, just, the presence of God. We, we just thank you for the, the stewarding that you bring, but... Uh, I want us to just take a, well, we'll do announcements at the end, just so it's not too disjointed, but how many of you know that the good deeds lead to goodwill and lead to good news? You know, I love this passage in scripture. It says, it's Acts 2, 42 to 47, and it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were the, the, the community of believers at the time. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Everybody say awe. Awe. They were filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Now remember, that's also in-house and out-of-house. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. That challenges me. We like to give the, the measures and the, 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 you know, this person does or doesn't deserve it. You know, blessing doesn't have measures. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Say glad and sincere hearts. And verse 47 is about I love. It says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You know, when you see and the Lord, usually you will note that it's the Lord uses that which preceded. You see, there was the, the community at the time had plenty of favor with the people. They weren't people pleasing, far from it if you read the scriptures. But they got they somehow through the Lord got favor through many different uh, resources or tools or techniques or strategies or outreaches. They got favor with the people. They got favor in and amidst a culture that we know at the time would crucify anyone in a heartbeat. And I, I've come to realize that favor breaks down barriers. Getting favor in our community breaks down barriers. And it actually gives the church a foothold where the enemy, the enemy is trying to get a stronghold. I'll say that again. 
Favor breaks down barriers because it gives the church a foothold where the enemy wants to build a stronghold. How many of you know the enemy wants to build a stronghold in our community? Now, I'm not here to talk about the enemy. I'm here to seek first the kingdom, and that's what we do. And this past week, I have saw us do similar things that we've done in previous years, but the Lord gave us a whole new realm of favor. It's funny that, isn't it? Like, you can use, only the Lord, you can do this similar things, but actually get favor in a whole new way. And how many of you know there's social and relational barriers that we have to cross? Not, like I says, the people, please, but to gain relational equity. This past week, we have gained relational equity in a way that I go, this is why we do what we do. Do you ever have that moment? This is why we do what we do, you know? When you may be tired, when you may be going, why do we do what we do? We go, this is why we do what we do. But it's an order we give, and I believe the Lord gives us that relational equity in order to bring a message that is causing people to reorientate their lives around. How many of us know reorientation isn't easy? I mean, the past couple of months, the past couple of weeks, we've talked about being control freaks. We've talked about being people who, you know, we have to repent and, and, and change the direction that the Lord wants to lead us into as a church, that we challenge the bounds and, and the measures of what church should look like and actually getting back to the biblical basis of what God has called us to. But the reason we do what we do or why we do what we do is because we want to see our community not just blessed, but actually to count the cost to, to look at the reorient, a message that is causing them to reorientate their lives. That the way they've lived, the way they've gone about, they no longer can live that way. Whether it's been an addiction, whether it's been a, an idol of any sorts, or whether it's been a, a coping mechanism that has been in place of, of the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords, actually a message we bring and is causing them to reorientate their lives. But how many of you know people want to look in the white in your eyes and go, well, how have you done that? And for far too long, in not only this town, but also in Northern Ireland, we saw a message proclaimed, but the relational equity not there. Because as we've looked at over the past number of years, church in, you know, 1950s era was in the center of society, even before then, because we, we were the ones that started hospitals, we started education systems, we started those social reforms. But if we look honestly at culture, we see that actually we're no longer at the center, are we? We actually have been marginalized. You know, Sam, is it 137 or 37 says, you know, how can we sing the song of the Lord in a foreign land? That's actually where we've been at as a church in the past number of years. How do we sing the song of the Lord in a culture that looks at us as, as foreign, strange, or as we've been known, that cult? It's true. We won't shy away from, shy away from reality. But this past week, and I know some of you have been away or some of you have you've been in here. And, and I want us to know that it's not about if you've just served this past week. Because I know a lot of you have served in different capacities over the past number of years. Faithfully, humbly, and sacrificially. We've done Kids Club, which I, I'm so glad that's not my calling. <laughs> this past week, I sat up. I, was, I like to be the guy, you know, I'll, I'll use delegation as the, the excuse, right? But our team did phenomenally well. You know Janine and those guys and Stacey aren't here, but they, they did phenomenally well. They, they, they contextualized, you know, a, a curriculum that was definitely not for Downpatrick, but in a way that actually the guys in, in Jazz and Antrim actually taken Janine's curriculum and bring it to, uh, to, to Antrim this week because it was that good in terms of it, it broken down. But we've used Kids Club, we've used We Serve, who's been, who, whose fingers are still doing this, right? <laughs> 
or the, the smell of, I don't know, Rebecca, you had something on your, your leg, which I think I can still smell at the back door. I thought I'd just embarrass you anyway. They've loved it this week. It's been fun. It's been fun. But we've also done street parties, which are an expense, are a headache, and are sometimes controlled chaos, right? And you sit in the middle of it going, why do we do what we do, <laughs> right? But the goal is always, and I really, this past week, I really felt like the Lord, you know, we in Down Patrick have had favor with the council. We've had favor with different GP practices. And, you know, we're joking, Christmas is around the corner, <laughs> right? Twitching, I know, I know. But we've had favor in a lot of areas of our community. But for me, the thing that I've been pursuing is favor with the people in our community, those who've been marginalized. Not only, I'm not talking about social classes, because you can be, you know, we all know you can have a high-flung job but be marginalized on the inside, isolated on the inside. And I really felt this past week as I was looking back, like I said, we've done the same thing. We haven't really done anything really new. We've been doing cross-guard and kill with those. Where's, where's David? He's... he's God bless his socks with soak. And I know Adam and a lot of guys, grown men, get drenched this week. Um, we don't want to see SpongeBob ever again. That's a, you know, if you look at our Facebook profile or our photos, you'll see that SpongeBob made an appearance. We have been engaging and, and doing great things, but I really felt this past week the Lord took us to a new measure of influence and a new measure of favor because we always engaged with people on the periphery. But how many of you know God's called us to see Dow Patrick transformed? He's used you and I, we often go, why? But he's used you and I to, to engage and to see the, the kingdom of God contextualized into a very Catholic nationalist, mixing by hodgepodge of traditional Protestant culture, right? You just look, what was that often that saying is, down Patrick's like a box of chocolates, you just never know what you're going to get, right? And I really believe as we took We Serve and as we took street parties into those estates, I saw us get influenced that we never had before as a church. This may not mean anything to any of you guys who are on social media, but a lot of obviously the, the, the engagement these days is online. But I watched as the, the past 100 or 200 engagements on our Facebook profile are local people. How many of you know we, as your new church plant, you live off the equity of those who resource you? But actually I've saw something happen lately where you guys and this community have taken us into a place where we have relational equity now. And I really believe the Lord is priming us and has primed us to be able to speak that reorientation message into the, to the hearts and minds of people in this community. That's where I believe we're at. I know we talk about pre-COVID where we had it and we lost it. That season's gone. How many of you know that we're now in a season where we are primed for influence? We're primed you often go, why am I standing beside 60 kids that want to jump on this bouncy castle? And you go, why? And I know it's investment. But we have broken down the social and relational barriers in order to engage a community that have no grid for who you are. And actually, I really believe that we now are at a place where we will shift gear in some ways, be able to bring that message. So what we're going to do this morning, and the reason I've primed it like that, is because you might have been here for iHeart, and there's some stories that I would love you to get up and share. But also you might not have been. And that's okay. God has still been speaking the things of you, whether it's been a verse, whether it's been a picture, whether it's been anything at all in terms of the kingdom of God coming to Down Patrick and the surrounding area. So I want to create a space because I know there's been incredible testimonies or challenges and things that you've maybe broke through this week. And 
This morning, we have the next 20, 25 minutes. It could be a quiet 20, 25 minutes. I'm okay with that. But also, I would encourage you, if there's just something you go, it might not be really much, but actually get up and share it and just see what the Lord wants to do. Okay, so I'm going to leave the mic up here, which is always a dangerous thing to do. All right? And just whatever it may be, no big or small, just come up and share it. And let's give, let's make much of Jesus this morning and see, see what he's done. Okay? I'll go first. <laughs> um, so I had a conversation with a family member this week who has been previously burnt by the church. And what I mean by burnt by the church is that has had a negative experience of some sort of church or institution. Um, usually it's to do with some sort of religion or whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm sure if you know, I asked the majority of the people in this room, they've either experienced that themselves or know somebody who has. So six months ago, this family member was like, no, no, like not even church was not an option. And over time, um, they've met with a few people in this room. Um, I've set up little covert operations, I guess. But they've met with a few people. Uh, their kids have been coming to, they came to iHeart this week and absolutely loved it. I know that some parents in the room as well are um, loving that the kids are still doing the actions to our God is an awesome God. Um, they pulled me out of my dinner the other day to say like, can you teach us the actions? Because we can't quite remember, it's really important. And now they're singing all the time. They had an absolute ball, they didn't want it to end. And um, they came up to me, um, my family member came up to me and said, listen, I, I've been to Crossgar Outreach, I've been to Killy Lay, um, the kids have been to this, and out of pure, you know, God, I couldn't make it one morning this week, and so they had to come instead um, and, and be here, and they had some conversations while they were here, and they said, listen, I've watched Journey Community Church practice what they preach, I've been really touched and my eyes have been opened by our heart to want to reach the community, not necessarily for, you know, come to church and this and that and the other, but just to meet people where they're at. They've been really struck with how real we are because we're rough around the edges. And I think that's what makes us powerful in, in one sense. And so overthinking and overseeing how happy the kids are and, and being curious about what Journey Down Patrick stand for, what we do, um, are in discussion with their um, partner at the moment about coming here and committing to come here for six, seven, eight months um, and bringing the entire family. And it's not necessarily that they're coming here, but it's the fact that they're open to coming to church again. They're open to coming to a community again. They're open to pursuing the Lord again. And that is through us meeting people where they're at. There was no come to Sunday mornings, this and that and the other. It was real conversations, real people in this room, real stories. And that chips away at religion, that chips away at the pain and the hurt and it makes people curious to want to come. So that was like a miracle for me because honestly six months ago there was just, there was no talking to them about it. So that it's huge, it's absolutely huge.
Um, this week, my voice is a little bit hoarse because I spent most of my time shouting um, in the phone party. <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> 10, 9, 8, yeah. <laughs> I got fed up of hearing that too. But um, who knows that God is in control? Um, we had to do devotions every morning. So my devotion was, I think, Wednesday. And it was God is in control. And how great is our Lord? His power is absolute. And it was Psalm 147, verse 5. And like throughout the whole week, we could just see that God was in control. You know, things that we had planned and things that we had thought was going to happen didn't happen. And one of the things was on Thursday, I think, was we were doing the whole story of Joseph. And on Thursday... We diverted from Joseph, and it was just about um, Jesus' death and resurrection. And there was a bit of miscommunication. We thought that in the story room, they were going to give an opportunity to give their lives to Jesus, um, like that offer um, and sort of the story. And then, then the person in the story room thought it was happening out here, and then it didn't happen out here, and we realized this. And then, so Friday, we kind of tried to close it up. It was quite difficult. One of my kids said, Mom, what's your job at iHeart? And I was like, well, timekeeping. Well, that's not very important. But actually trying to get kids in out of one room and heard them was quite, quite, <laughs> quite challenging at times. So but it was great fun. But we got them out a little bit earlier on the Friday. And just to do that, um, some people call it an altar call. Some people call it an appeal. But we just call it an opportunity to give their lives and hearts to Jesus. And I've shared with a few people, there was a story. There was one little boy, and I stood at the back and I watched and it was kind of like, you know, Stacey had said, if you want to say this prayer, put up your hand. And about 10, 15 hands shot up in the air, you know. But then in the next thing, they were like, when are we getting our McDonald's? But I watched at the back, and there was one little boy, and he put his hand, he didn't put his hand up. He kind of did, you know, that whenever someone's preaching and they give the little, you know, if you're struggling with something and everyone's got their heads bowed and their eyes closed, and you kind of put your hand up slightly, and you're like, God sees my hand, nobody else needs to see it, you know, but I've, I've done it. And he did that, and then he put it down again, and he watched it. And I really felt that he knew the cost, because to us it's easy to say, oh, give your life to Jesus, because we can see the fruit, we can see the benefit. But there is a cost to it, and there's a relationship cost, and there's, a, like, maybe that's within the home, if they haven't got the support of other believers in the home or within school. And at that age, I really believe that he knew the cost, and I believe that on Friday afternoon that he really gave his life to Jesus. So I um, we prayed for salvation. And, you know, even if that, you know, I know it wasn't, but even if that was the only salvation that happened on the week of I heart, we did God's work. And I, I really, um, one of the things, you know, after COVID, we felt, we used the word momentum and it felt like we really lost that momentum <laughs> for a while. And it's, Thomas has said, we, I think we've got it. We need to keep it going now. We've got it back. We've got favor with our community. And the physical work of I heart might be done, but um, God's still working. And he's used this week to sow seeds that we might never, ever, ever see the fruits of, but they're sown. And, you know, I look at the wildflowers. I think I showed a photograph last week at wildflower, and you don't even know the seed has been sown, but all of a sudden this like flower shoots up. And I really believe that um, we might not see that harvest, but that doesn't mean to say it's not there. So what I really encourage everyone this week is, you might not even know their name, but I'm sure you've had a conversation with 
one person, whether it be I Heart Week or whether it be outside of I Heart, just about church, about Jesus, just a conversation, even if you don't need, know their name, keep them in your mind, keep them in your quiet time and your prayers, see their face and just pray over them and pray that God is going to do work in their life um, as well. And uh, just, I had here someone, someone you had a conversation with, a kid you smiled at as you picked up cans for the 6,000th time. <laughs> some, some of them come up with the cans and they were like throwing the bean bag and you just knew that this can was going to go like way on. And I think it was like 4,000 steps done in a couple of hours. But um, we weren't doing it for nothing. We were doing it just to see a smile on their face and just show love upon them. So, yeah. <laughs> So don't want to be up here right now. I've been summoned by Thomas and nudged by the Lord. So uh, <laughs> uh, that's kind of my testament. I didn't really want to be involved in iHeart at all. In my flesh, I'm off for two weeks. I'll not be taking a vacation anywhere. I will literally, this is it for me. So I kind of wanted the excuse of, no, I just want to rest from work. And maybe if the weather's good, lie in the sun, do the garden and whatever. But in the spirit was like, God has brought me, for those of actually of you that don't know me, I'm Julie, and I've been here about 10 months. The Lord took me on a journey from Belfast to here, and I live down here, and so that's been an exciting adventure. But um, so, yeah, I kind of felt like, well, the Lord has me here for a reason, so I really need to get involved in the work of the church. I really start to need to make those connections with the church body and start to gel together and, and be part of a team here. So, I was just like, get up, get on with it, do it, because totally out of my comfort zone with kids. But as the Word of God says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I've just been really blessed by getting to connect with all the kids this week. And there's one wee girl that was kind of glued to me for a wee while, but it was lovely just to see the change in the kids and their interaction with each other. And, and just the Lord knows the work that was done here this week with the kids, but really... Um, my heart, I suppose, and where I feel more comfort is in evangelism. I love to to speak to people about the Lord, but I, find, I always do find it really, really difficult just to, you know, you don't just want to run up to somebody and say, oh, do you know about the Lord? You know, so it's getting getting your foot in and getting the door opened and all of that. But the Lord gave me two divine appointments during the We Serve. So, and amongst picking weeds and cans and all of that kind of thing. Um, there was one man, and he was just so blessed by what we were doing and came over to me, actually, and started to chat. So I just felt that he was so ripe for the Lord and um, so ended up leading him to the Lord, which is the first and only time I've ever done that. So, um, so that was really encouraging. The second one, I think, was on the Thursday. Nearly missed the bus because I was talking to this lady. <laughs> nearly got left behind. But she was an atheist and very as hard as stone towards the gospel. But regardless of the difference in the two people, it was God had me there and God had me talking to them. And, you know, he alone, his word will not return to him void, so he knows what he's doing. And maybe that, uh, there's been a seed planted in, in the heart of that, that woman who says she doesn't believe and whatever. But but I was just encouraged. And I was encouraged by um, how well the church worked together and the leadership. And, you know, I've, I've been blessed to be part of your team.
Yeah. Um, I was overseeing the craft room in there and um, on the back of what Janine had done, Janine wasn't be able to be here because of COVID, but she did just the most phenomenal job of preparation. So it was easy, but it just felt like God was just hovering over the whole thing because it went so well. It just, the kids came in and they were engaged and really into it. And like some of them were on their own at the beginning of the week and didn't know people, but by the end of the week, they were mingling and getting friends, and it was just really, really good. God was in it. And just a personal testimony, I came into the week kind of tired, not physically but spiritually, <laughs> kind of like lost my joy for a while. And um, I was kind of saying to God, uh, you know, why did you bring us to Don Patrick? It feels like it's a God-forsaken place. <laughs> and um, I had really kind of... <laughs> Kind of lost it, but um, just through the week, I just noticed. Uh, <laughs> uh, did feel like that sometimes. <laughs> um, just being out there and being in the community and seeing the kids enjoying themselves, and the parents just talking to parents and saying how blessed they were at being with the church and just just being there. It kind of. Um, restored my joy and I was like I listened to a worship song the other night it just came up on Facebook or something and I'd realized that the joy had come back so just it's good now I'm exhausted <laughs> but the joy for everyone yeah yeah God thank you that you bring us joy that um, nothing can stand in the way of what you want to do in our lives and Lord the things that we have that we that become clouds that, that cover the sun of our joy Lord we just brush them away and say that uh, we just speak joy over all of us and even when we're tired now even when we're physically tired but you just restore spiritual joy to each one of us thank you God that in you we just have everything it's in Jesus name I want to talk about some of the kids. So I was with the wolves. Put that camera away, Thomas. <laughs> uh, they're the P1s and 2s. They're 5 to 7. So in the Bible room, I was just sitting with them. And on the Thursday, when we got to talk about Jesus, and Jazz was like, can you believe he died on the cross for us? And they're all just like, yeah. Like, just, yeah, I know. It's like, because he loves us? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, cool. They're <laughs> just like, what a like abandonment wonder into his grace for those kids and it just really gives you a challenge like anytime that you're stuck or you're sort of grappling with anything just be like a kid just yeah this is cool this is fun and so I took a lot from them this week they were so full of energy when I wasn't and they were so full of laughter when I was just one eye closed in the morning so um, I learned a lot from them probably more than they got from me so thanks to them I was just saying that the kids was uh, handing them rubber rings to throw around bottles <laughs> <laughs> and hiding the rings on my head when there was nobody queued up and then said, I said, sorry, we can't find the rings. It was like, it was like the pantomime. It's behind you. It's on your head. Um, but I usually get to um, 
the nitty-gritty end of things, uh, which means getting, <coughs> I don't know, Johnny produced this bag up in Ardpatrick, and there was stuff running out of it, and, run over, and I had my gloves on for some reason, and I ran over the back of my hand, and, oh, boy, did it stink. Um, so that, that's one end of the scale, and the other... I had to wash my hands about three times before the smell went away. And uh, from and from that to uh, emergency run to the um, to Asda to get extra fifty extra rolls for the sausages last <laughs> uh, But uh, one thing I noticed was when we were doing the cleanups. We were in Meadowlands, Meadowlands, and and uh, Kennedy Square. You know, bottom of the list uh, for rubbish and stuff. And uh, I thought, right, I'll everybody's picking up litter. I'll go right round the back and find all the. Rotten mattresses and settees and unmentionable plastic bin bags of stuff, and I found a broken bottle in the whole place around all the back alleys. A couple of years ago, when we had the Americans over. We had to go back the next day. Actually, with so much stuff, <coughs> and cut all these brambles that were this disabled uh, lady couldn't even get out her back door. And there were no brambles. There were no. Even the grass had been cut, or was starting to be cut. So I think we've, you know, over the, was it four or five years? Five years we've been doing it. This is the fifth. Um, we have actually made a difference. And even Kennedy Square wasn't. <laughs> Last year it was four trailer loads. <laughs> this year it was two and a half. So I think, you know, you don't always see the impact that's being made, but it's there. I wasn't that I heart this week. <laughs> um, we were on holiday with uh, our daughter and her husband and four lovely girls and had a, a really, really nice time. But uh, some of you will know that the week before, we lost Robert's brother. Robert's brother died. And so it was strange being on holiday and having fun and grieving at the same time. Uh, and I want to share uh, just something I wrote. Robert hasn't heard this one yet, so um, I hope it'll be okay. <laughs> um, so this was how it felt in the middle of all the fun and the games. And maybe there's somebody here as well who's hearing all the stories of fun and of good things that have happened. But inside, there's, there's something going on in your heart as well. And it's called Grief Catches You and Me. Grief catches you and me so unexpectedly. Tinges a joy moment with the ache of loss. Causes your voice to break mid-sentence. Triggers a memory you didn't ask for. And serves it up with a wave of sorrow. But faith catches grief so unexpectedly, tinges a sad moment with a hint of joy, strengthens the breaking voice, completes the sentence, cherishes the memory, sets it in the context of a life well lived, now living in eternity. 
For faith turns grief upon its head, removes death's sting, applies the healing balm of peace in pain, of hope in loss, reminds us death is not the end, but just an open door to life forevermore. I just want to share something with you this past week, um, now that Gloria has sort of announced what's happened in the days gone by. Um, Andy, my son-in-law, and I managed to escape the family one evening. And as you do, you go to the local pub. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I do. And uh, we were sitting there in the the girls were playing the football in the youth, in the, you know, the match in England. And uh, there were two guys sitting beside us. And uh, I knew by the accent that one of them wasn't from Ireland. And uh, so, in conversation, I had the joy of sharing Jesus with him. <clears throat> As Andy said afterwards, he said, who would have thought going to the pub and you couldn't evangelize? I said, well, I don't think Gloria might, but I said, here we are now. <laughs> so it just came around the conversation that uh, they are on film. They're heading for London Derry Derry for uh, some film work. Uh, he was from America. The other guy was from Donahue direction. And uh, I just felt, guys, do you know something? I just lost my brother last week. But do you know something? He's with Jesus now. He's alive. God gave him that encouragement, not just me. Um, I shared, and I said, you know, Philip is with Jesus. I said, I just long for those whom I meet that they would know the joy of knowing the Lord and knowing the future. Amen. I got two beautiful bouquets of flowers this week. One from my granddaughter and one from the team who were staying with us. And I love to have flowers in the house, so I was so blessed. And I've just been thinking about them. Um, there are roses in that bunch. And they remind me of, of our young people, of the five girls who have been with us for a week. And they're rose buds that are beginning to open. And they're opening towards the Lord. And it's a joy to see it happening and my prayer is that they would hold on to that um, in the other bunch of flowers I had there were sunflowers and they remind me of going through the sunflower fields in France and as the sun goes round they follow it so my encouragement for everybody, I was thinking this was a word for young people but I think it's for everybody 
Let's fix our eyes on the Lord and watch him like the sunflowers do. And not to give in, to keep our eyes on Jesus, to fix our eyes on Jesus. Um, because he can do everything for us. So sunflowers can be useful. They end up in sunflower oil, which we use for cooking. So there's a purpose there as well. So we have a purpose if we keep our eyes on the Lord and he will keep us in the place where we should be. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Colin. <clears throat> uh, this week has been fantastic. It really has been an adventure. Um, and if you're, if you're one of these people who haven't really joined us or uh, haven't felt like part of the community um, here in Downpatrick, it's a great opportunity. Next year, get yourself immersed in it because you just get shoulder to shoulder up dirty with people <laughs> and smelly and, uh, and all the rest of so that's just some of us. Uh, but uh, it, it is really good fun um, and it's really exhausting at the same time. So uh, you come away with memories, which is great. Uh, one of the memories I had is this lady trying to force money into my hand because we were taking her city away. And I had all on trying to dissuade her from giving us money, and it was just an opportunity to share why we did this with her. And, you know, because of God's love for us, we were able and uh, willing to come and do this. And, yeah, there's just, there was recognition throughout the area, that it, all the areas that we went into, people knew who we were. They loved us being there. I was getting cars stopping and giving us the thumbs up and um, people just walking by, and you, you could tell there was equity. We had built equity in this community. People loved seeing us on the streets, loved us doing what we were doing, and they were really appreciative of it. And we went into a new area, and I think that was a real surprise for us, and I can never remember the name of it. Nok Nashina, something like that. And um, we set our stall out, uh, and it was, Beautiful, magnificent bouncy castle. They really were phenomenal. Um, and we stood there thinking, is anybody going to come to this? Because it is a real risk. You, you set yourself up. There's, we're all standing around, and there was nobody for, it felt like ages. You know, probably it was only like five, ten minutes, but it just felt like we were standing there for ages while people were making up their minds. The roads were empty all around us. Um, there was nobody around. And then bit by bit, they began to drift in. Drift in. The cars started to park along the streets, so much so that actually there was like traffic jams and the cars going around the park that we were in. And uh, it was just lovely to see. And I think it was one of our busiest days. It just really, I was trying to count everybody, and I, I gave up at about three, 350 people or thereabouts um, who were just coming and attending the thing. Um, but it's one of those things that God just stirs me with, that, you know, take the risk. Take the risk. Try new areas. You know, we did Killy Lay, We did Crossgar. 
And there was that feeling in both those places as well. Are, are people going to turn up here? But the word had gone out. People who had known what we did here in Downpatrick, favor had gone before us, and they began to gather. They began to come. And I think it's just a lesson as a church, as we go forward, we need to start taking risks. And not just doing the same thing that we're doing now, but start taking risks in actually telling them why we're here, telling them, getting our message out there. This is not just because we love you, and we do love you. We love to do this. It's it's incredible feeling when you're out there. Um, but we have so much more to give. And I feel that God is creating that bridge to people's lives all around us. And it's so encouraging to see it happen. I don't like the front, so bear with me. Uh, but um, actually, I went to bed. Um, quite late last night, maybe 12 or something, and uh, I couldn't actually get over to sleep, and sometimes I think whenever I can't sleep, like, God kind of wants my attention for something, but um, I just started thinking about, um, like, declarations, and, like, the words we, like, speak out, and the power there is in that, and um, I actually got a real sense when we're up in some of those housing estates that there's been, like, generational things, and, um, like, a narrative, a prevailing narrative, um, that's in some of those housing estates that have went on for like generations and maybe like a sense of hopelessness in people, that there's like brokenness in those areas and people have nearly give up and have said, like there's an acceptance and nearly like this is the way it's always going to be. But I don't believe that's the case. You know, with, with Jesus, um, there's a different story and there's power, I believe, in the words that we like speak over this town and um, the things that we like declare, and it does things um, in, the, in the spiritual atmosphere or in, in those places. And I really feel like now is a time when God wants to like, shift the prevailing narratives in those, in those places. And people who thought um, there's no hope, and this is just the way it's always going to be, that that is going to change. And um, it, it's, it's a time for that to start and shift. So maybe just like to pray some of that, if you don't mind, like over that, those areas. And maybe even after I pray, I don't know if there's like something as I pray, if Holy Spirit drops something in, like something he's, you believe he's speaking over those areas. And maybe if you haven't shared anything already, even if it's just like one word, like I don't know, like hope or freedom or something, just come up. Um, if you haven't said something already, maybe just share that. So, so yeah, God, we just um, thank you, God, for this amazing opportunity um, this week. And God, and we pray for those peoples in those estates, God, who have given up hope, God, that there's a narrative, God, that they believe, God, that isn't your narrative. But God, we declare over these places that with King Jesus, there is always hope. And God, I pray um, for these people, God, that they would start to believe, God, that those cycles they are in, God, aren't always going to be there, God, that there's new things you want to do in those areas. God, I pray for people um, God, who are alcoholics in those areas, God, and they've accepted they're never going to get out of that, God. We break that lie off in Jesus' name. And we pray, God, for people who are addicted, God, to prescription drugs um, and um, illegal drugs, God. We just break that off now in Jesus' name, God. And um, you would start, God, in these estates and over this whole town, God, <clears throat> to write a completely new narrative for this place, God, um, that you will bring your freedom, Jesus, um, to these people. And we declare freedom in this place, God. 
And God, we just thank you. And we just pray, you know, God, maybe just as you want, if you want to come up and um, if Holy Spirit shares something that he's, you think he's saying over this, or maybe just come up and share it. Isn't it shyness is an awful thing, isn't it? Well, what be able to get up? Well, because it's shyness. I suppose my life was shy. Like I couldn't get up and do what I want to say. I just want to thank Robert for helping me to go to get to Belfast. And uh, I had a good word. I said, I'm here for a good while yet. A good while yet, he says. The Lord says. Uh, uh, it looks like it. I, uh, the, the doctor said to me, you're all right, but you've no, you've no diabetes in your eyes. You're clear as whistle. I said, well, that's great. Um, it was just last night and I was uh, joking with a couple of boys at the... Um, it, they were keeping me. They were sort of keeping me going a bit, you know. And uh, I come on in for a for a big meal. They say, in for the big Mac. Get a big Mac meal. And I place place. It says uh, uh, it was up to us meeting last night in uh, Northfield. And uh, there was about half a dozen people says to me. Uh, the right to tell me, well, you want to left home? I want to left home. I, said, I don't know. I said, uh, you want to left home? You want to left home? I, I says, uh, I don't know which one I'll take. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I take these two young boys. And I fell up, fell up, and they just put it there by, you know, and this, uh, Danielle, he's uh, a bit of autistic. autistic. And, uh, you know, he, he, can't, he can't stop talking, you know? <laughs> And uh, I thought that was really good. Like, he's a really nice fellow, a nice fellow he is. And, uh, you know, like, uh, I'm talking about the young, the young, but all about the young people. I, I you know, um, anybody was going to keep you going, uh, I, 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 you know, I got annoyed, annoyed, you know, years ago about... Um, I got myself into a big, very, very big trouble because they kept me going. And uh, just telling, just telling the young ones here to be careful. What you don't know, think twice. Uh, I didn't think twice. I got myself in a lot. I could have been near in prison, you know, but I didn't get prison. But uh, it's good to be. With the Lord, he help us all, bring us all. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Billy. I actually, just just going back to what James was doing, but also what you just said there, Billy. In our, in our kids' club, one of our young people, one of our kids, Jazz had asked, and she can keep me writing this, but Jazz had asked, have you, ever been, have you ever went to prison for something you didn't do? And one of the kids said, my dad did go to prison for something he did do. 
And he just shed it out in front of the whole, whole room. It was this like random thing. One, the honesty, but two, it's a narrative that only he will know. And it's a narrative that actually God wants to come into. And, and as we are closing, I, wanna, I know some of you might have just, just praying those, those things. And as, as you guys maybe come back up, I would like us just to, to finish off praying just some things that actually, and just declaring who God is, and, and actually there is a new narrative. And so, so Father, we, we, we just thank you that you are writing a new narrative in that kid's life. That actually prison is not the end goal. It's not the narrative. It's not the, the, the pathway you want them to go. You're redirecting pathways. You're leading people into the, the promised land and not the slavery. You're leading them into to freedom and not despair. So, Father, we, we just thank you that what you're so good, that your kingdom is va- advancing. And God, as people have been reaching out, there was a carry that says this, I just want to thank you very much for the litter pick you did on my street today in Vanstown Park. We hope to come and join in the family fun tomorrow. Emma says, I want to say a massive thank you for running the summer schemes for my daughter, Chloe. She had a fantastic time and, and doesn't want at the end. We hope to see you tonight at the street party. And then another Emma says, thank you so much for such a wonderful event, or uh, yeah, an event in Meadowlands. You do so much for our community. Father, we just thank you for our, our actions and our words become light to people in the community, that, that, that it draws people. Your kingdom is to be salt and light for the earth. And we just, we just speak right now, God, that actually your kingdom is transforming. That you're, you want to reach into the narratives and the lives of people in our communities in Jesus' name.
Father, you do deserve it all. And we're so thankful that we get to do the things we did this week. We get to be a part of this community that you have blessed us, that we can go out into Downpatrick, that we can um, meet people where they're at, that we can minister to them, that they can meet you through us, Father. We're so thankful for that. And I pray as everybody goes out today that they would start to feel um, their energy come back, Father, that you'd be ministering to them, that they would feel your love, your peace, and your joy over what they've done and how they've served this week in Jesus' name. If the ministry team want to come up, that would be perfect. And this morning, as we've talked a bit about joy, I mentioned a bit about joy. If you're here this morning and you are um, feeling that lack of joy, if you're feeling that emptiness, if you're feeling that um, lowness, I do encourage you to come up and get ministered to this morning. We are here to pour into you to invest as much in you as we do in the community as well. We care about you. The Lord adores you. So if you're feeling that this morning, if you want that extra joy to feel that the joy of the Lord is your strength, please come up this morning to the ministry team. And thank you so much. Have a lovely week. But first we do announcements. So thank you so much, guys. <laughs> We're a bit... It doesn't matter. Let's do announcements. So <laughs> there's only a few. So we have um, our Kingdom Come conference in Shane's Castle from the 11th to the 14th of August. And that's a great time for everybody here to get fed back into. There's an incredible lineup of uh, worship and speakers and lots of people coming over from America to do that, as well as some familiar faces. So tickets are available. You can buy the day ticket. You can come and camp with all of us, I mean, I'm not camping, but the ones that are camping. <laughs> so please, it's, it's such a great time to feel that, get poured back into. Um, men's breakfast. There is a men's breakfast next Saturday, the 30th of July in the St. Patrick Centre at 10.30. Yes, perfect. And they're a great time to connect for, for all the men in our community. So feel free to chat to Adam about that or just turn up. We're happy to see you. And then finally, we've just got our tithes and offerings. So there's three ways to give. You can give online. Uh, you can text JCC to 60777. I've done announcements so much that I know it off my heart. <laughs> or you can scan the QR code. You just open up your camera, point it towards that, and it'll take you right to it. There's also envelopes on the seats. Oh, and there's baskets as well, baskets at the back or yeah, the, the basket's at the back. If you're doing envelopes, feel free to, and you're a taxpayer, please tick the box because um, we get to claim a wee bit back for that. And thank you so much to everybody who gives. It means that we can do crazy extravagant things in the community, um, which is incredible. So thank you so much. And on that note, have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for coming. And please do feel free to come get prayer and support this morning. See you next week. <laughs>